Don't let youth be a barrier to you doing great things, nor let it be an excuse for not doing them. Sometimes young people get a bad rap, and the truth is, whatever your age, young or old, God wants to use you to do great things for Him. Here's Pastor David with more. Let's start preaching. What do all of these things have in common? King Solomon, the Titanic, Greg Norman at the 1996 Masters, the Atlanta Falcons in the 2017 Super Bowl, Tiger Woods, Crystal Pepsi, disco music, and 80s hair. And I want to thank our elder Scott Robertson for sharing his yearbook photo with us. That was it's a blessing for you to do that. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. What do all these things have in common? Here's what they have in common. They all started well, but they didn't finish well. They all started well, but they didn't finish well. Somewhere along the line, things went bad, okay? Uh, things did not go as they needed to go. We may start things in life that we don't finish well. When I was a young kid, I wanted to be an astronaut until I found out that you had to do math. And then I wanted to be, you know, look like Arnold Schwarzenegger until I found out about all the exercise because that stuff is heavy, right? And why would I want to lift that stuff? We, we probably all have gotten excited and started something up. Mary Kay, ladies, any of you do that and sell the Mary Kay? You maybe know someone, they start, and it just doesn't turn out to be. The pink Cadillac just isn't for everybody, right? It just doesn't always happen. Some of us guys with that Bowflex that we now hang our towels on or whatever, right? It's become something other than a hanger, and we, we keep it for some reason. We're like, oh, no, I'm, I'm going to use that. Yeah, just got to wait till the first of the year, 2027, you know, when I... Fine, those rubber bands have never stretched, but it looked really good on the commercial. Like, oh, I look like that guy. I just have to, it doesn't work. But anyway, we, we, we start these things. New Year's resolutions. Anybody ever had one and not kept it? Um, I know none of you have. I remember when I was in high school, I decided that I was going to get up at such and such time. I was going to run five miles every day. You know, there's all these things that I was going to do. I mean, just starting from not doing any of them. To, I'm going to do all of these things, right? I had the Walkman with the foam ear, earphones to make, run my five miles. You know, kind of ate the tape and you're like, mm -mm, trying to get that thing back together. For those of you who remember tapes, some people are looking at me like, what's a tape? It's um, how we used to listen to music, kids. Uh, they weren't great for uh, audio, but you know, you're, you're in that, you know how long I made it? One day. One day, because after I did it, I was like, well, not every day. I mean, I don't want to, you know, kill myself, you know. So, so I, I didn't make it long. I didn't make it far, right? Uh, I started strong, but didn't finish well. Um, I have uh, a, an old law partner who is like this. He uh, makes these grand pronouncements. For whatever reason, he gets in this moon and he just decides he's going to, you know, stop doing so. He comes and he gets all his family together and he goes, all right, family, we're, I'm going to, from now on, I'm never going to do such and such again, whatever it happens to be, right? You know, pass gas in public or I'm never going to, you know, chew tobacco, which in Tennessee is kind of like a birthright, chewing tobacco, sort of like not using that letter I in words. We need some motor O or some tinfoil. 
oil people. They don't get it. They don't. And they think we're weird, by the way. I've been made fun of for saying oil as if there wasn't an I. I don't want to get into it. This is my own thing. But anyway, when he would do that, his kids would love it because they knew that as soon as the fever passed and he was no longer in the mood to make these grand pronouncements, he's going to want to chew his tobacco again or whatever, and they get paid off because, you know, they had been brought in to be accountable and they have to go, oh, well, I, would it be okay with you if I didn't do what I just said two hours ago that I was going to do, and here's a dollar. So, you know, that's the way it worked for him. He started well, but almost never finished well on one of these grand royal proclamations that he would make to his family. I can't say that I have finished strong every diet that I've started. I can say unequivocally I have finished strong every pizza I have started. Um, <laughs> so that is something, right? Um, Jesus said this in Luke 14, 28 through 30. He said, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. He will first sit down and estimate the cost to see whether he has enough money to finish it. Won't he? Otherwise, if he lays a foundation and can't finish the building, everyone who watches will begin to ridicule him and say, this person started a building but couldn't finish it. We're going to study today what it looks like to not just start well, but to persevere and finish well. We're in the book of Acts, as, as many of you know. I'm just uh, quickly to recap. There's been a lot of stuff. The Jesus um, rises from the dead, and he tells his disciples to, uh, that they're going to go and, and be witnesses for his name, witnesses of the resurrection, that he rose from the dead. They, they go out. Pentecost happens. The Holy Spirit falls. And we've just seen that work of the Holy Spirit over and over through the church, through bad times, good times, persecution, and so on. In our most recent uh, episode, we saw Paul and Barnabas on a missionary journey. And they were in a place, and they met a guy named Elymas, who was a Jewish sorcerer, and a guy named Sergius Paulus, who wanted to hear the word of God. And Elymas caused some trouble, and Paul was like, boom, blind. And the guy was, oh, I can't see. And then Sergius Paulus became a Christian. The story's more complicated than that. Watch the video from last week uh, if you want to. But that's where we are, and we ended at the end of that story with Sergius Paulus becoming a believer. So um, let's pick it up. And, uh, and we actually will be studying just one verse today. Some, of, some people who are newer are like, oh, one verse, we're going to get out of here early. <laughs> you should probably let that laughter give you an indication <clears throat> of whether that's likely. All right, 13, verse 13, if you have your Bibles. It says, now when Paul and his party set sail from Paphos, they came to Perga in Pamphylia. And John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. All right. Let's, let's go map time so we can get some of, this, some of this geography out of the way. Remember, Paul and Barnabas left Antioch, originally right, and they went to Seleucia, and they took a trip to Salamis on the east coast of Cyprus, and then they went across Cyprus to Paphos. That's where the thing happened with Sergius Paulus and, and the sorcerer who went blind. Now they've left Paphos on Cyprus and have traveled to Perga, as you can see the line there, in Pamphylia. Okay, about 150 miles by boat uh, to this province, this Roman province in Asia Minor. Uh, Pamphylia was a province west of Cilicia, which is where Paul was actually from, where Tarsus is. So that's where they are, okay? The city of Perga was pretty large. It was one of the major cities in Asia Minor at that time. Had a large stadium, had a 14,000-seat theater, gymnasium, had three aqueducts. 
Um, like other cities that we've looked at so far, these people were idol worshipers, serious about their idols. They were into that. Um, Perga's uh, idol worship was, was mostly centered around Artemis, also known as the Queen of Perga. Okay, and so they had, they haven't actually, I don't believe, ever excavated the temple and so on of Artemis, but they believe that it was there. Um, and we assume that there were a number of Jews in Perga. That's the assumption based on the history that we know. In fact, in Acts 2, when we read about Pentecost and all those people from all over the world that were there, it actually specifically mentions people from the region of Pamphylia being there on the day of Pentecost. So we know that some of them were there that day. Okay. Um, but this passage tells us that John, and remember, let's not get confused. This is not John the apostle. This is John Mark, the young man uh, who had joined Barnabas and Paul on this missionary journey. It says that John, John Mark, departed from them and returned to Jerusalem. He went home. John Mark, when they get to this place, he's gone from Antioch to Seleucia to, you know, all these places. I'm not going to name them all again because I don't remember. And up to Pamphylia to this region, all of a sudden he's like, I'm out, I'm going home. Uh, we don't know much about it here, but later in chapter 15, we hear more about what happened here. Uh, and, and in chapter 15, we have Paul and Barnabas already back from this mission trip, back in Antioch, and they decide to go out on another mission trip, and this is what happens in, in chapter 15, verses 36 through 40. It says, a few days later, Paul told Barnabas, Let's go back and visit the brothers in every town where we proclaimed the word of the Lord and see how they're doing. Barnabas wanted to take along John, who was called Mark, but Paul did not think it was right to take along the man who had deserted them in Pamphylia and who had not gone with them into the work. The disagreement was so sharp that they parted ways. Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus, while Paul chose Silas and left after the brothers had entrusted him to the grace of the Lord. So, is strife in the church new? No. Um, they had issues then, just like we have issues now. Not our church. We don't have issues, but other churches. You understand. Uh, John Mark, in Paul's estimation, has deserted them. Has deserted them. He's not going into the work. He's left. He's gone away. And Paul and Barnabas later have basically a little breakup over this. So much so that Barnabas takes Mark and goes one way and Paul takes Silas and goes another way. So this is pretty serious. This is a big deal that John Mark had not gone with them to the work. Okay. Um, in Paul's mind, John Mark doesn't finish strong. I don't want to take him. He doesn't finish strong. He's like that 80s hair, you know? Once that Aquanet goes bad, it's a mess. You all remember the Aquanet? We were breathing that stuff, and you know something bad is going to happen to us. For those of us that are trying to get those bangs way up there, you know what I'm talking about, ladies and guys. Um, okay, so that's what he's saying. Look, John Mark isn't a finisher. This guy starts strong, but he doesn't finish strong. What is going on here? Why does John Mark fail to persevere in this work? Why does it happen? Well, we don't know the answer for sure. We have a number of smart people who have studied scripture, who have a number of different ideas about why this might have happened. And I think it's instructive for us to go through some of those and think about why maybe did Mark not finish the work? And maybe why do some of us sometimes be tempted not to finish the work that we've started? Um, first of all, Mark was young. 
He was young. That's very clear. Maybe he didn't have the maturity that someone older might have had. I think we, we tend to have a bias against young people sometimes. And we say, oh, they don't know how to work hard, and they're so immature, and their music is weird. The last one is true. I don't know what is going on with that dubstep and all that kind of stuff, but that's just nonsense. Um, get some good music. But in any case, uh, is Paul's issue with Mark that he was too young, is that really likely? Some, some may think so. But let's look at Paul's letter to Timothy, okay? It says this, 1 Timothy 4.12. Do not let anyone look down on you because you are young, but be an example for other believers in your speech, behavior, love, faithfulness, and purity. It is not Mark's youth that makes him go home. And I don't believe that Paul thought that. I don't believe he thought it was his youth. If Mark was too young to be able to do this, then they would have never brought him. Or once they realized that really the problem was he was too young to be able to do it, they would have gladly sent him home. But that's clearly not the case. Paul clearly thinks that Mark has, is not too young. He's plenty old enough to have been able to finish the work. Can you do anything about your age? Can you make yourself younger or older? No. No matter what the beauty product people try to tell you, you cannot make yourself younger. You cannot make yourself older. Time's going to pass as time passes, and that's the way it works. Okay? So Mark had no control over being young or old. And Paul would not hold Mark accountable for something he had no control over. Right? That just wouldn't make sense. You are capable of many things, even when you're very young. Um, if you're a young person, listen, don't let people judge you. Don't let people judge you as immature or unable to do work, to do serious work because of your age, because it's not true. Having said that, be humble enough to recognize that you may actually have some maturing to do because of your age, not because of your age, I'm sorry, not because of your age, but just because you might have some maturing to do like I do. Okay, that's a possibility. It's not always about your age, but don't let your age be the factor that you let anyone keep you down as a result of that. Okay, there have been many young people, many youths who have accomplished amazing things at a young age. Alexander the Great conquered countries at 18 years old. Joan of Arc led the French army at 70. Blaise Pascal made a calculator it's a long time ago. You can tell from the picture. 19 years old. Mozart wrote his first symphony at eight. Eight. Does anybody else feel like they just have not done anything with their life at this point? All right. <laughs> Phyllis Wheatley was the first African-American woman to be recognized as a published poet at 20. Okay? At a time when that was an amazing thing. Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein at age 20. And Lawrence Bragg won the Nobel Prize at 25 years old. Okay? Do not let anyone despise your youth. No one. Here at Acts Church, we are committed to never look down on someone because of their age. Ever. It's not biblical. Okay? Don't let youth be a barrier to you doing great things. Nor let it be an excuse for not doing them. Okay? You do them because you choose to do them or because you choose not to do them. It has nothing to do with your age. And I don't think that uh, Paul thought that Mark didn't go with him just because he was young. But one of the other reasons they bring up is just maybe, maybe John Mark was just homesick. Or maybe he had a hard time because he had not been in this part of the world and he didn't understand the culture. 
He didn't, he didn't get it. It was hard for him. It was culture shock. Mark was from Jerusalem, okay? They are a long way from Jerusalem now. Now, he was Barnabas' cousin, and so he would have known something about Cyprus, where they've just been. That's where Barnabas was from. He would have had some familiarity with that. But now, they're not in Jerusalem. They're not in Cyprus. They're up in Asia Minor. And to Mark, it's very possible that he just didn't know anything about this culture. They're in Perga. He didn't know Perga, okay? Some of you have moved here from other places. You came from somewhere else, and you came here, and you've recognized that this is a very different culture, especially a church culture that's very different. Some of you grew up here and have watched the culture change while you haven't, and the culture seems very strange. Portland is weird, okay? There's no question about that. I got a slide, I think, for our Portland is weird, (laughs) right? The Portland metro area has its own set of idols, just like everywhere else. And for some Christians who get here, or even who have grown up here and lots of culture sort of pace somewhere else to where they're not, have just said, look, I just need to find a church with a culture similar to what I'm used to, and I just need to keep my head down and move forward because I can't deal with this culture. But that attitude is not going to help you finish the work of the kingdom of God strong. You're not going to finish strong if your attitude is find something that matches your culture So you don't have to deal with the culture shock. Keep your head down and just keep moving forward. we got to minister to people. Paul and Barnabas are going into culture that they may not be familiar with. They're going to go to a lot of different cultures, a lot of different cities who are doing a lot of different things. And they're going to bring with them the culture-transforming power of the Holy Spirit and the message of the good news of Jesus Christ. You see, culture is not the thing to fear. When we come into culture with the message, with the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ, it's the culture that's going to be transformed if we'll do it. But it's hard. And maybe John Mark thought it was too hard. We don't know. May have been. Maybe he was just homesick. Maybe he was just homesick. I don't know. Um, Some of us who have come from far away, from time to time when the work gets hard and it gets difficult, we pine for home, right? Um, We think, wow, uh, home would be better than here. We were very excited. We, f- we started well. We want to go to the Northwest. We want to live there. It's going to be an adventure. It's very exciting. There's mountains. You know, it's, it's fantastic. But you get here and things get tough and life gets tough. And for all of us, sometimes there's just that thing that says, this thing would be better. Home would be better. My wife and I had a young lady live with us at one point. Um, she was she was uh, in the high school that my wife was teaching, and she was teaching out in a place that was a very, very poverty-stricken place, and this girl was a, was, lived in extreme poverty. She slept on the floor with a blanket. Tiffany bought her, I think, a pillow because she didn't have a pillow. There's animal urine all over the place. It was, it was really bad. It was a mess, and, and you know, she loved this girl, and she wanted to give her a chance, so she graduated from high school, and we let her move in with us, and we thought to ourselves, this is going to be amazing for her. You know, she's going to get all kinds of opportunities that she didn't have before. What we realized over time was that while she did have those things, and it was a great setup for her in some ways, the culture for her was different. And, and after a certain amount of time of, oh, I've got to do this, and I've got to, and I've got to make this happen, and, and in order to sort of, you know, be in, 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 make things go forward for me, I've got to do this and this and this, well, it was easier back here back at home, even though home was not a good place. And she would, from time to time, pine for going back to an existence of extreme poverty 
because it was too difficult to deal with the place where I think God had called her. Kind of a, a, a sad story, but the grass is not greener back at home. And I'll tell you why. If God has called you to be somewhere, if he's called you to something, whether he's called you, you've grown up in this culture and, and he's called you to, to stay and, and plug in, but if God has called you to a place and a church and a body, do not pine for home. There's nothing there for you. There's nothing there for you. And I think Paul was saying, look, Mark, there's nothing there for you right now. We've got work to do. As the old saying goes, when God guides, God provides. And even if things seem different or difficult, if God's calling you, he'll also give you whatever it takes to live joyfully for him. And now let me invite you to come hear Pastor David in person at Axe Church in Vancouver, Washington. You'll find all the info you need at axechurchnw.org. Or give us a call at 360-885-9000. Hope to meet you this Sunday. Thanks for listening, and be sure to check out our next episode here on Contemplate. Contemplate.